0: Hello, my name is David Ewan, and I head up the Bravehearted Ministry at the Resurrection Center with Pastors Jose and Melly Martinez. Welcome. Today, uh, we're having a great message and teaching for you. Um, imagine me sitting at the drums, and I'm just tapping away in a confused manner, because I'm not a drum player. I'm not a musician at all. You see, if I were in a band, and I'm not really a drum player, then everyone is confused because there's no beat. But a good drummer, on the other hand, everyone stays together. You see, a band is like a church, and the drummer is the church leader with sound doctrine. Say to yourself, sound doctrine. See, a good sound doctrine, the church stays together. Just like For a good drummer, everyone in the band stays together. Bad sound doctrine, the church falls apart. Just like a bad drummer in a band, everyone is confused and it falls apart. So there's an importance for sound doctrine. So again, my name is David Ewan, heading up the Bravehearted Ministry, and today's title will be No Other Doctrine. So what we'll do today are five things. We're going to do five things. The first one is providing the definition of doctrine. The next thing is we'll read and understand 1st of Timothy chapter 1 verse 1 through 10. Again, that's 1st of Timothy chapter 1 verse 1 through 10. And number 3 we'll have reasons to love sound doctrine. Reasons to love sound doctrine. And number 4 we'll discern false Christians of today. Yes, there are people who call themselves Christians, but they're not because they're false. And number five, we'll talk about 10 facts about false teachers. What what do I mean by false teachers? People who try to teach Bible, but what they're teaching is false. Well, today there's no other doctrine. And so we're going to tell you about the 10 facts of false teachers so that you can identify them and protect yourself against them. So let me first talk about Timothy. Who's Timothy? Timothy in the Bible. You may have heard of first and second of Timothy in the New Testament. Well, Timothy has a special relationship with the Apostle Paul, and it shows, and you can tell by uh, reading uh, uh, the two emails, or was it WhatsApp? The Apostle Paul sent messages to Timothy well they're called epistles these are letters that he sent Apostle Paul sent two emails to uh, Timothy one was called first of Timothy the second one was called second of Timothy okay in first and second of Timothy we see Paul's expectations did you hear me say expectations of Timothy this young church leader is specifically responsible for maintaining Paul's standard of teaching and in the church of Ephesus. So uh, Timothy was a leader, uh a leader of a church in Ephesus, and there was a standard of teaching that the apostle Paul gave. And so that's what we learn in first and second of Timothy. But we're going to focus today on first of Timothy chapter one, verse one through ten. Now I'm going to tell you what uh, the definition of doctrine is. What is doctrine? It's from the Latin term doctrina, meaning teaching or instruction. Okay, you may have heard of document. That's part of a teaching. If it isn't written it wasn't said. So a doctrine is a set of beliefs or a body of teachings or instructions, taught principles or positions as the essence of, of teachings in a given branch of knowledge or in a belief system, okay? So, as it relates to what we're talking about today, doctrine is teachings and principles. But we're going to steer away from false teachings and false principles, okay? So, Paul sent two letters or emails or WhatsApp messages to Timothy as a set of teachings and principles. Teachings and principles. Now let's read 1 of Timothy chapter 1 verse 1 through 10. Okay? Uh, This is 1 of Timothy chapter 1 verse 1 through 10. So I read. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope To Timothy, my true son in faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord, Timothy charged to oppose false teachers. I'll say that again. Timothy charged, that means he's responsible for, to oppose false teachers. Verse 3, As I urged you when I went to Macedonia, stay there Ephesus, so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer. Verse 4, or devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. Verse 5, the goal of this command is love which comes from a pure heart and good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. That's false doctrine. Meaningless talk is false doctrine. Verse 7. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they confidently affirm. That means they don't know Bible. Verse 8. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. That means true doctrine. Verse 9. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, and for those who kill their fathers or mothers for murderers, for the sexually immoral, or for those practicing homosexuality for slave traders and liars and perjurers and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine. That means it's for everyone. Not for you, not for me, not for the good people, not for the bad people, but for everyone. Okay, so let's break down the scripture that I just read. What did I just read? I read First of Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 through 10. That's what I read. Um, number one, Paul says to Timothy, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer. Not to teach false doctrines. What does that mean? That that's what they were teaching. Not to teach false doctrines any longer. That means they were uh, Ephesus. Churches were teaching false doctrine, but they're not to do it anymore. It's going to stop. That's what Timothy's instructions from the Apostle Paul was, to go to Ephesus and stop something that is wrong and correct it. What is number two? The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Well, what is love? L-O-V-E. What is love? Let our voices encourage. What does that mean? It's something we say. It's something we do. It's not just inward. It's outward. Okay. Uh, What is a pure heart? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's not jealousy. It's not intimidation. And it's not making other people afraid. Okay. We can learn what a pure heart is. We find out from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. And that's the fruits of the Spirit. I'll read it to you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Okay? The third thing I'm going to tell you about. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. Remember I told you that was false doctrine? What is that? That's deception, that's manipulation, and that's operating out of selfishness. So that's what meaningless talk is. Deception, manipulation, and selfishness. Number four, we know that the law is good if one uses it properly. See, we're talking about biblical principles. Biblical principles guide us. It's a set of instructions. If we follow the instructions correctly, then it will manifest a positive outcome. What's that positive outcome? A blessing. If we do not follow the biblical principles in the way that it is designed or intended to, that will not manifest into a positive outcome. That is something that would be bad? What is something that is bad? Well, one such example is a curse. Do you want a blessing or do you want a curse? If you want a blessing, you want to follow the biblical principles in the way that they were intended. See, that's what Apostle Paul told Timothy to do in Ephesus. Teach the biblical principles so that the goodness can come out of it. And what is that goodness? It's the blessings. So, with Timmy's, Timothy's success, it manifests blessings. Okay, number five. We also know that the law is m- made not for the righteous, people who are contrary to the sound doctrine. We're talking about lawbreakers, rebels, the ungodly, sinful, and unholy, irreligious, murderous, sexual, immoral homosexual slave traders and liars and perjurers, etc., etc., etc. It's for everyone. And that's why here at the Resurrection Center, we welcome everyone. Because the sound doctrine is for everyone. What we want to do is what Apostle Paul instructed Timothy to do, is to provide the teachings and the principles that come out of the Bible. We also guide you in such a way that you follow these teachings and principles. If you follow these teachings and principles, then it will manifest into a blessing. That's what you want, right? If you do not follow the teachings and principles in the way that you're guided, then it will turn into something bad. One example out of many examples is a curse. You don't want a curse. That's what we learn. Okay. Now I'm going to change our attention to something else. I'm going to talk about what I learned when I was playing little league baseball as a young boy. Um, I was very bad at baseball. Terrible. It's something about the hand eye coordination. I don't, I don't know, but there's one thing that I learned. Keep your eye on the ball, right? Right. In baseball, that's what you learn. Keep your eye on the ball. Well, in church, And when I say church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the people. I'm not talking about the building. In church, the ball is God. Right? Okay, there are three reasons. Number one, God teaches us to love. We talked about this before. L-O-V-E, let our voices encourage. That's what Timothy was supposed to do. His voice was to encourage the right direction. Let our voices encourage, and it's done through love. It's an outward expression. It's an action. That's number one. Uh, Let me tell you about the next two items. If you've been to the Resurrection Center, you have seen at the altar, it says, Worship the King. And the word King is in capital letters. K-I-N-G. When you look at that, think of this. You'll see right at the altar. Worship the king. K-I-N-G. King. Keep in need of God. K-I-N-G. Keep in need of God. Worship the king. Keep in need of God. And what is God? G-O-D. good orderly direction. Good orderly direction. G-O-D. So, if you go to the Resurrection Center, you will see at the altar, worship the King. What is King? Keep in need of God. What is God? Good orderly direction. What is that good orderly direction? That's the Word. What is the Word? Well, it's in the Bible. What is it? It's teachings, principles, and promise. So it's a good idea to keep your eye on the ball. And what does that mean? It means to keep sound doctrine. Look to your neighbor and say, sound doctrine. Now, here are the reasons to love sound doctrine. There are a thousand reasons to love sound doctrine, but I'm just going to tell you eight. I'll just tell you eight. Uh, The first one. The first one. First of all, God loves sound doctrine. Sound doctrine flows from God's words and revealed will in Scripture. You see, God gave his word and sound doctrine so that we could know him. Love him. Obey him and teach others about him and what he's done for us in Christ. Number two, sound doctrine matures individuals and the church. Not just individuals, not just the church, but individuals and the church. As we feed on sound doctrine, we have less of a taste for theology that tickles our ears. That means that meaningless talk, but ultimately leaves us unsatisfied and lacking what we truly need. That means we went down the wrong path. But sound doctrine, which leads us to the correct path, grows our faith and leads us to invest time wisely for Christ and his kingdom by maturing individuals and the church into the image of Christ. And when I say the image of Christ, that means the character and the integrity and the actions and the words that you would see in Christ, you would want to have more of that within you. Number three, sound doctrine flows from the Bible. I'll say that again: sound doctrine flows from the gospel, which is in the Bible. Uh, in First of Timothy chapter one verse eleven, Paul says that sound doctrine is in accordance. With the gospel of the glory of the blessed God. So what does that mean? Sound doctrine communicates gospels, truths that bring salvation. That's what we're here for. To save lives. You don't want to go to hell. You want to go to heaven. You want to have eternal salvation. That is the promise that God has given us. Through scripture and through his word. Number four. It leads us to holiness. You see, correct doctrine is tied with correct living, which is what Paul means when he speaks of a knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness. That's in Titus chapter 1, verse 1. True doctrine from a holy God produces holy people. See, if we get to know more of what's in the Bible, and the teachings and principles that come out of the Bible, and we follow the instruction as Timothy had done in the church at Ephesus, then we become more of an image of Christ, of God. And what we mean by that is we get closer towards that direction. We'll never be 100%, but we could become closer. And that relates to our character. Our integrity, our actions, and the words that come out of our mouth. Okay, number five. It keeps us from false doctrine. See, if you know Bible, then you know when someone's telling you meaningless talk. See, sound doctrine flows from God himself and is both uncorrupted and is life-giving. Sound doctrine is an anchor of truth which steadies us from being tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. That's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. A love for sound doctrine will be a shield of truth against lies and doctrines of the enemy, which are rampant today, even in today's modern churches. Number six, it leads to action. Hearing the truth of Scripture taught clearly will exalt the mercy and grace of God, which will cause us to be thankful and obey His commands. And there is a commitment that you see from people who are faithful to what is in the Bible, faithful to the intended actions of the Bible, that means going to church, um, and also speaking the word. And that brings us to number eight. Or I should say, uh, number seven. It is a love for Jesus himself. His preaching involved communicating doctrine that would proclaim who he is and how his followers are to live in relation to him and the world. We learn more about what Jesus did, what an understanding that he was partaking into us. And again, it all relates to character, integrity, actions, our actions, and the words out of our mouth. And number eight, number eight, it ultimately leads to worship, all of this. Worship is not just the end result of doctrine. It's also the reason it exists, to give thanks for all that it does for us. So I just finished the eight reasons to love sound doctrine. Now, I'm going to talk to you about the three methods on how to discern the false Christians of today. The false Christians of today. There are three methods on how to discern false Christians of today. What do I mean by false Christians? Um, there are people who call themselves Christians, but aren't. And the reasons why you, you know that is because you see their character. You see their integrity. You look at their actions. And you look at the words that come out of their mouth. Those are the the false Christians of today. Okay? So the first thing we should do is we look at the work that they do. Actions speak louder than words. The Lord Jesus said, For there shall rise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, so that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And that's in Matthew chapter twenty four, verse. 24, actions speak louder than words. I'll give a great example. Look at how a person behaves in uh, church. Then look at how they behave outside of church or in their home. If there's a difference, there's your example. The second one is we should look at the words that they speak that come out of their mouth. Again, actions speak louder than words because it comes from the heart. Words can hide meanings. Actions can. For example, false promises. Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. Just wait for, I'll be there. And then you don't show up. Okay. The third one is we should look at the dispositions that they reveal. What do I mean by that? It relates to character integrity. We've talked a little bit about that before. The character, behavior, Uh, it is how you treat others. When you're at a restaurant, think of how some people treat the waiter or waitress. Do they treat them with respect or do they treat them as scum, something less? Uh, The other one, integrity. What is integrity? That's your trustworthiness. Um, can I borrow your lawnmower? I'll return it when I'm done. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, the next one. The next one. We've done uh, three methods on how to discern false Christians of today. That's what we're done with. Now we'll talk about the ten facts about false teachers. Okay. So the scripture gives us some important information about false teachers. I won't read the scriptures. There's a lot of them. I'll just make reference uh, to them so that you know that what I'm saying comes from scripture. But here are the 10 facts about false teachers. Number one, false teachers are skilled at presenting themselves in a positive light. That's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. That means uh, the glory is all me. Shine the light on me. I'm great follow what i do number 2 they have a form of godliness i put air quotes around that using scripture including some truth with their own error you'll see that in 2nd of timothy chapter 3 verse 1 through 5 so what does that mean it's twisting scripture to benefit their own agenda number 3 They're often powerful individuals, and Satan is usually behind their popularity. Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. If a person is leading not because of the teachings and principles of the Bible, but more because of their popularity, that's a red flag. And charisma is not the kind of thing to follow. It's the Bible and the teachings and principles that come out of the Bible, that is what to follow. Uh, Number four, they cause divisions, especially with Christians who recognize their errors. Romans 16, 17, that's Romans chapter 16, verse 17, and also Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through 10. So what I mean by that is they categorize people between good and bad. Us and them, our side and their side. And we live in a world where division is quite popular. That's a red flag. Uh, Number five, they have followers. Second of Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three through four. Uh, First of Timothy uh, chapter four, verse eleven. You see, we should never assume that a teacher's popularity is a sign of anointing from God. Okay, so thank goodness I'm headed in the right direction. I'm not popular, so <laughs> thumbs up there. Uh, number six, they secretly introduce their false beliefs, hiding their errors with convincing explanations, and that's in Second of Peter, verse two, uh, chapter two, I should say, verse one. Again, that's Second of Peter. Chapter 2, verse 1. So, what do we mean by that? Those false teachers are banking on that you don't know Bible. And so they can create their own version of the Bible and have you believe it. Number 7. Some will even claim to be the Messiah. Matthew, chapter uh, 24, verse 5. God sent me, I am here for you, that's not what you should hear. What you should hear is something, I received a word from the Holy Spirit to share with you. So it's not, I'm the Messiah, it's the Messiah has given me the word so that I can share it with you, but I'm not the Messiah. Number eight, false prophets are forerunners to the Antichrist, drawing people away from the truth. That's first of John, chapter two, verse 18. So what do we mean by that? It's, they're creating the Antichrist. They're creating an environment. Um, the Luciferians. That had that supposed uh march uh that was talked about for Father's Day in the year 2020, June 21, 2020. It's it's that kind of thing. Uh number nine, they redefine Christ. Second of John, chapter one, verse six through eleven, second of Corinthians, chapter eleven, verse four. What do I mean by they redefine Christ? Christians follow Christ, but a false teacher will define Christ in a way that is not really what is intended or understood from the teachings and the principles of the Bible. They, they create their own version of Christ, a, a, a fake clone with modifications to satisfy their own benefit. And they say follow Christ, but what they're saying is follow this false Christ. And number ten, they seldom have biblical lifestyles. Second of John chapter one verse six through eleven, Matthew chapter seven verse fifteen through twenty. Which do I mean by they seldom have biblical lifestyles? It relates to their character, their integrity, um, their actions. And the words that come out of their mouth. So what have we done? We've talked about the 10 facts about false teachers. The 10 facts about false teachers. So remember, worship the king. What is king? K-I-N-G. Keep in need of God. And what is God? Good orderly direction. And what is good orderly direction? That comes from the word. That's the teachings and principles from true doctrine that's in the Bible. And it is done with love. And what is love? L-O-V-E. Let our voices encourage. That's an action, an outward action. So not only do we understand the teachings and principles that God has bestowed upon us through the Bible and through his teachings and his pre, and the preachings that we hear, but also, what we should be sharing with others. So, today our title has been No Other Doctrine. What we've done is we've defined what doctrine means. Uh, we read and understand 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 through 10. We talked about the reasons to love sound doctrine. We talked about how to discern false Christians of today. And then we also talked about the 10 facts about false teachers. Remember to worship the King. What is King? K-I-N-G. Keep in need of God. What is God? Good orderly direction. I thank you for joining me. I bless you all. My name is David Ewan. I head up the Bravehearted Ministry. Join us at the Resurrection Center. The Resurrection Center has Sunday services at 1060 Worcester Street. Sundays at noon, and Bible sessions Wednesdays at 7. My name is David Ewan, and this is the Resurrection Center.